You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Good, everybody. Welcome to The Look Ahead, part of the SB Nation NFL show. I am Rob Stats Guerrero alongside RJ Ochoa. Before we get started, want to remind you that The Look Ahead on the SB Nation NFL show is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at DraftKings. How you doing, Mr. Ochoa? I'm doing fantastic stats. It's great to be in your presence. Great to be in your company. I love to look at your face. And so um, I'm happy to be here. I want to say I started the trend of being nice to you, something that your other co-host jumped on board with recently, <laughs> uh, previously trashed. What a big shocker. Your other co-host can be a bit of a hypocrite. Yeah, you know, I don't want to say anything, although your other co-host, Brandon Lee Gowden of the Oddcast, more importantly, no offense, stats of Bleeding Green Nation, oh, said we this week here we go. on the NFC East Mixtape, a podcast that is accessible on both the blog and the boys and Bleeding Green Nation podcast networks, that the Dallas Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl this year, Stats. And I will remind you, because I know we have stuff to get to, that the Atlanta Braves won the World Series this past week. All right? Check this out, Stats. The last the, time the Cowboys yes, won the, the Super Bowl, the Atlanta Braves yes, won the nah, Super Bowl. Nah, you're going to like this. The last time that the Atlanta Braves won the Super Bowl was, in fact, the very last year the Dallas Cowboys won the Super Bowl, 1995. At the time that the Braves last won the World Series, the Dallas Cowboys were 6-1 and one in their second season with head coach Barry Switzer. The Dallas Cowboys stats are currently 6-1 and one in their second season with head coach Mike McCarthy. What's more is the following week after the Atlanta Braves won the World Series in 1995, the Dallas Cowboys would go on to face the and defeat the Denver Broncos. Cowboys opponent this Sunday, the Denver Broncos. You know what that means? Absolutely nothing. And it's mm. good, though, because the Cowboys have just as good of a coach as Barry Switzer right now in Mike McCarthy. So that, Kyle that, Shanahan has made you so jaded, Stats. That holds up. So there you go. Uh, mm. Before we get rolling here, we always remind you, please rate, review, and follow the SB Nation NFL show. We have said consistently, if you leave a rating for this show, we will read it on the air. Which brings me to this, RJ, from Nate Nagel. Subject, five-star business, five-star review. Thank you very much. I've been listening since the end of last season, and this podcast has become a part of my daily routine. We love that. Whether I'm on a lunch break, cooking dinner, or driving to or from work, I love hearing the mostly awesome takes from RJ, Stats, BLG, and Pete. I love the back and forth between the shows and the MVP, LVPs, but the people I need, but the people need more burrito bets. As a Ravens fan, I always enjoy hearing from Kyle Barber, but you guys should have Jake and Spenny from the Beatdown podcast on sometime. That would be awesome. Anyway, thanks for all that you do. 
Mm, well, thank you very much, Nate, uh, for naming me and Stats and Pete and BLG and Kyle Barber, who Stats, I was telling you right before we started recording, I'm in the middle of a chess game against uh, Kyle and I play chess all the time. I also play with Kyle Posey, who you can hear on the SB Nation NFL show as well. And um, do you know about the burrito bets, Stats? Or, no. or did well, yeah, big shocker. Not a Monday Football Monday listener you are. But uh, Pete <laughs> Sweeney and I, back uh, in the preseason, I believe, um, we meant this to be like a, a thing we were going to start doing, and we forgot. Because uh, there's so much to get to on Mondays. I mean, there's just right. so much. Um, but uh, we made a burrito bet as to who would look better that particular week in the preseason, and it was, it was just kind of like the eye test. Justin Fields was my gamble, um, and Zach Wilson was his. And... Uh, Justin Fields won out. And so I actually, I'm forgetting if it was the preseason, but it was, it was some week and the bet was a burrito from Chipotle. So Pete owes me one. Uh, and again, we meant to tally it moving forward. We'll bring that back. Second half of the season coming up. You know, are you, uh, when you go to Chipotle stats, are you a burrito or a bowl guy? There is no winner in that bet. I would rather eat boiled cauliflower than go to Chipotle. Chipotle stinks. Um, so not to fight with AJ Brown, but I love Chipotle. Um, and so I hate you for this. I do want to <laughs> give a shout out to my friend, Allison Clark, actually, uh, Allison Ferguson, since she got married, uh, from college, she taught me and I will teach every listener right now stats. Maybe not you, I guess. When you go to Chipotle, you get the bowl. You don't get the burrito because the volume of food is larger, but here's what you do. Here's the trick stats. All right. You ask for a tortilla on the side. They give it to you for free. They warm it up. They heat it up. They ball it up in a nice little thing of tinfoil. You pay for the bowl, same price as the burrito, and you get the tortilla. And what you do is you tear it off, make little little mini tacos. You just grab the food and you eat it yourself. Boom. That's a Chipotle hack right there. That's what Mm -hmm. that is. Shout out Allison Clark Ferguson. There you go. For those of you that enjoy Chipotle, (laughs) for the rest of you human beings, you could just get on with your day. If you're new to the show, we take a deep dive into the biggest games of the week, and we hit every other game on Thursday and Sunday in the lightning round. So let's begin our deep dives, RJ. Get out the snorkel. Get out the oxygen tank. Here we go. We are starting with Cleveland at Cincinnati. The Bengals are favored by two and a half. I don't know what's going on with the Browns right now. Setting aside the football part of it, this whole thing with Odell Beckham Jr., he's excused from practice again on Thursday. Like, If this was your stance with Odell, why didn't you trade him before the trade deadline? What is the point of just sending him home? Like, you know, I think they should try and work it out. But if you're not going to do that, then at least get something for him. I feel like this is the dumbest thing they could have done with him. I think it's a combination of factors. One, I think it's the contract. I think nobody wants that. Um, Nobody wants to be married to Odell in that capacity. And I think beyond that, maybe it's a point of, Call it pride, call it principle. Kevin Stefanski still early in his tenure with the Browns. And this is one of those things where, um, you know, like you, you gotta, you got, if you're Kevin Stefanski, you can't let everybody know that Odell's running this. You know what I mean? Cause the moment, you know, this happens, the moment you've kind of lost some control. And so you've got to be like, nope, we're doing it my way. We're doing it the hard way, whatever. Odell's got to fall in line with whatever. Uh, this is, you know, th- th- there are things like, I, I like to harp or not like to, but you know, I harp on the New York Giants, for example, for how bad their offense is, how predictably bad it was when they hired Jason Garrett to be the offensive coordinator. It's kind of like <laughs> this. This was always going to be this way. And I don't totally feel like we felt that way when it came to Odell being traded to the Browns. But it was kind of like this was 75 percent the likelihood here. You know what I mean? And it's only really gone this way. We haven't it's Odell's evolved a lot and it's great to see you know him as a person evolving, but from the, the guy that he was when, when things ended with the Giants. But 
man, dude, this like I feel like this got so hyped, like the LSU reunion between him and Jarvis Landry. And like the hype just like that's that's what's happened here is the hype is way past what it is in actuality. And Baker's not helping. I don't think there's a lot happening here. There's a lot stirring this pot. And if you're the Browns, I think sending him home is, I think, wise because you need to figure this out. You need to take a breath because this is getting really, really far ahead from you. It's just a weird situation that how many years are we into Odell Beckham's career and the best quarterback he's ever played with is Eli Manning? Like, that's still true. Uh, that is so mean to Baker Mayfield. That is, Eli's better than Baker Mayfield right wrong. now. Totally wrong. 100% wrong. 100% wrong. 2016, Eli Manning was not a disaster. That's it. That's that's all Odell had. That's it. I don't know. The fact that it, they can't make it work with him seems crazy to me, but okay. Um, apart from that, let's just look at Cincinnati. How worried upset are you by their loss to the jets last week i'm not as upset with them as i was the titans is that fair you know what i mean like i'm not as bothered by the loss because they also didn't it felt like the titans got like stomped by the jets i know they didn't but it just that was like my impression and it felt like this was just like this was just a weird game this was just mike white you know what i mean and this is a backup quarterback the jets backup quarterback i know but like it's also the nfl like weird stuff happens and Mm -hmm. you know Whatever, but and I think if you're a Bengals fan, and obviously you know we're recording this on Thursday morning. If if the Jets are if if Mike White's awesome on Thursday night, you know you feel even better, right? Like you're. But if Mike White's terrible on Thursday night, maybe you know obviously feel <laughs> worse. Um, I I mean, the Bengals the Bengals have I don't know, man. I mean, I think you start to this is what happens when you're when you're becoming really good is you you have these these learning moments where you can't finish and you know we saw that against the Packers we saw it in you know saw it against the Jets and different teams there but you know they're just not there yet they're not that mature as a team they're all still really young they're all incredibly talented but I'm not worried just because they're not the Browns I mean it's amazing how fast the Browns have retreated to being the bottom of this division once again um, to the point that I I have a higher a, a much higher level of trust in the Bengals than I do the Browns how did that happen both of these teams have not learned how to deal with success And that is a thing that teams have to deal with. You know, Cincinnati starts to win a few games here after being bad for a long time. And all of a sudden they maybe get a little full of themselves thinking they could just roll out and beat teams. And they learned quick last week that you cannot do that in this league, that you have to, when you're playing bad teams, you have to get up early, stomp them out, take their heart, and then you can roll, you know, in the second half and later in the game. The Cincinnati Bengals did not do that, and they lost to the Jets. The Browns, same thing, had a good year last year, right? Everything is great. Well, they come out this year, and nope, cannot deal with success. It's a real thing that teams have to learn to deal with. And in terms of Cincinnati, like it's easy to say, oh, it's not a big deal. This is the NFL. Anybody can beat anybody. But that depends on what they do after the loss, Mm -hmm. right? If they lose again this week to Cleveland, all of a sudden that loss to the Jets hurts even more. If it's just a one-game thing, okay, you know, whatever, then you can chalk it up to it being the NFL. But they have to take care of their business against Cleveland. If Cincinnati is going to be a playoff team in the AFC, you got to win this game. Yeah, and I think they will. I mean, I these these teams, like, I don't want to say organizationally, I don't want to, like, grandstand like that, but it does feel like organizationally they're heading in opposite directions, which, and I like, I love Kevin Stefanski much more than I do Zach Taylor. I, I still don't, like, maybe this is me just being ignorant, but I'm still not willing to, like, back off my Zach Taylor claims. You know what I'm saying? From earlier in the season, just because they lost to the Jets. Like, they're clearly not there. And I think that, you know, 
he's got the better quarterback. He's he's got the best wide receiver, right? Like between these two things, these two teams, excuse me, Joe Burrow's the better quarterback. Jamar Chase is the best wide receiver. And so, you know, he's he's got the aerial weaponry. He's got, you know, right now the better running game just because the Browns, Nick Chubb's the best running back of the team of the two. Uh, Kareem Hunt might be the second best, but the Browns, they're just injured. They're beleaguered. And like they don't know, like you mentioned, like the teams don't know how to like, you know, finish games or whatever. They also don't know how to handle that. Like how you know, you've got to be elite to handle losing injuries and, and losing or excuse me, losing players to injury. And that's just not where the Browns are. The Browns are, are at a point right now where it's just excuse making. It's well, yeah. our, our our players are hurt. You know, no, you guys need to quit being so hard on us. You know, if if so and so were healthy, we'd be fine. If we didn't have this drama, we'd be fine. It's like, you know what? Teams have this and they're still fine. you got to find a way. And look at the Ravens in that division. I mean, I don't know if it's still true, but I know a couple of weeks ago they were leading the league in players on IR and they're still winning games. So, like, that's a perfect example of the injuries are not an excuse. You have to find a way to keep winning. Weird schedule quirk for the Browns, RJ. Their first divisional game of the season was last year, uh, last week, excuse me, against Pittsburgh. That's the only divisional game they've played so far this year. So they have a lot of AFC North games coming up. Yeah, and it's weird. Like, I'm not a fan of the NFL scheduling this year because some teams have, like, multiple teams have already played all of their games against one division rival. Like, the Titans and the Colts have already played each other twice. I believe the Patriots and the Jets have already played each other twice. Yep. So, like, how can you have that happen? But the Browns are just now dipping their toes in the divisional waters. And so that's weird. This is also a rare CB game stats Cleveland Browns against Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> Chicago Bears like to get in the mix with that sometimes. Uh, but yeah, shout out to the CB. All right. Well, the Cincinnati CB is favored by two and a half. Where are you going? Yeah, I'm taking Cincinnati. I don't believe in the Browns. Like they don't know how to handle this. This is like if you can predict, um, you know, I, when I was watching Monday Night Football, I was texting a friend of mine when when things were looking grim for Kansas City. I said, what's the worst way this ends for Kansas City? And he said, you know, like a like a sideline blow up, like there's some sort of like sideline jawing at one another. And that obviously didn't happen. I never I never thought that would happen to the Chiefs, to be clear. They're much more composed than that. But like that could totally happen to the Browns. You know what I mean? Like you could totally see some somebody like pointing fingers, somebody grabbing a helmet or a face mask, slamming it down. So like this this has those kind of vibes to me. Yeah, I just I don't like what since what Cleveland is doing is Baker hurt. Is he not hurt? Like if he's hurt, let him be hurt. He can let him miss a couple games and let Case Keenum in there. Like stop Dude. with this. Like he's so injured, but he's going to battle through it like no. And then, like, Baker, if you're hurt, just be hurt. It's okay, right. man. Like, you know, like, late in that game against Pittsburgh, he he gets, you know, call it – I actually think it was a late hit. He gets a late hit on him, pushes him out of bounds, and, like, everybody's, like, immediately, like, you know, rumbling and tussling, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And he just, like, gets up and, like, sprints back to the field and does your classic, like, first down marker, like, with all the force in his body. It's like, dude, like, no, like that – that offers nothing. That like Baker, I I love Baker's moxie, but like Me this too. this does nothing for the good of the team. You know what you just did? You just exhausted yourself all the more. So just be cool, take a breath, walk back to the huddle, and you know use that energy where it really matters. I agree with you. I agree with you on your pick for the game. I mean, if Cleveland loses another game, like is it you know starting to be the lost season they'd be four and five they'd be under 500 and all those ghosts oh and two in the division yep all those demons start coming back for browns fans just when they felt like they were out of the misery of losing seasons next game up for our deep dive and this is this game has just 
the drama surrounding Green Bay traveling to Kansas City uh, is ratcheted up to a thousand percent now with all this Aaron Rodgers Michigas happening. Chiefs favored by seven. RJ, the Aaron Rodgers stuff. Him coming out with this bogus line about being immunized, then trying to petition the league for this alternate, you know, treatment to be uh, approved as a vaccination. This is ridiculous. This whole thing is garbage. Aaron Rodgers is a selfish, arrogant jerk, and I don't care if you have a problem with it because the facts are the facts. And now his Packers have to go into a big game against the Chiefs with Jordan Love and I don't know who, maybe Blake Bortles at quarterback? My first thought was, you know, hope Aaron's okay. You know, regardless of of any beliefs or stances, if anybody tests positive for COVID, obviously you, you want them to be well. It's a serious thing. Uh, and and once, once I started to kind of examine the football of it all, you know, the Cowboys are in contention for the top seed in the NFC, right? So are the Green Bay sure. Packers. And so, like, the, the margin for error is so small. It's so microscopic. It, it was a yard when your San Francisco 49ers got it, you know, two years yeah. ago, right? Like, it is literally that thin of a margin. And I thought, you know, and, and I thought back to and, – and a lot of this has been said by many people in the last, I don't know, 24 hours at this point. But, I mean, people killed. I mean, like, railed Kirk Cousins and Carson Wentz in – Cam Newton for being poor leaders and not caring about winning. And so, like, at at best, like, w- when you move past the, um, the, like, ethical part of what has happened here, at the absolute best, Aaron Rodgers is that player that people made all those guys, Lamar Jackson, out to be. You don't care about winning, you know, whatever. And they might lose this game. I mean, obviously, Kansas City is still in in, in kind of their sleepwalking funk, and, and maybe they'll get out of it. You know, I think we're all kind of ready to see that happen just because it feels a little bit abnormal right now. But he might miss next week's game against your boy Russell Wilson. And so, I, I mean, I don't know how, you know, I, I, his his Aaron Rodgers-ness currency carries him through a lot of his, you know, antics like this past offseason. I think people are still willing – to allow him to come in and, and, you know, let bygones be bygones because he's so great. But this is a hard pill to swallow, I think, if you're a Packers fan. I mean, because he has, you know, again, in in the best case scenario, jeopardized this season. What might be, at least what he believes, is his last season with the Packers. I know you and I don't believe that because when all the drama happened, everybody's like, he won. They still hold his oh, no, contractual rights. I think rights. it's his last season with the Packers. Well, my point is what you and I said at the beginning of the season was that the, the Packer, it's, he's not a free agent next year. Like that, right. the, the misconception is that he can choose wherever he wants to go next year. And that's not the case. And so, but like, there is this like falling out now. And I'm, I mean, a, a pre-take, so to speak, is I know you are, but I mean, so many people are going to be so upset with, I, I mean, I'm anticipating his, his response. Whenever he does first publicly speak, he is going to lean so hard on the semantics of all this. And he's going to be coy. He's going to say, look, I said I was immunized. If you guys were better reporters, you know, you would have asked, you would have double checked. You would have pressed. I would, I'm always vocal with you when you ask direct questions, but it's not my fault, you know, whatever. And so I just, it's a, it's icky. It feels icky to me. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm unsettled by it. It's, it's hard to think about the football of it all. And like, I don't, I don't know what the, like the next, you know, holy crap moment of the story would be. Would it be Jordan Love playing awesome? You know what I mean? Would, would it be Jordan Love being terrible? Like, I, I don't know how to how to properly quantify what the, the most shocking twist to this this tale would be. 
Aaron Rodgers is really putting a lot of pressure on himself because you said it, right? Like we put up with a lot of crap because he's an amazing quarterback, but he already tested his his standing in the locker room with this whole offseason thing about talking about being traded and, you know, not happy with the team. Like as a teammate, you can't love that when this guy's basically saying, like, I kind of want out of town. Well, but, and he, and sorry, he, he also, for his first public comments as a Packer when he returned, he eviscerated everybody. You know what I mean? He he, <laughs> right. he, t- he took a flamethrower to that place and, and noted how they were the problem, how he was the one all about winning. And then this comes out and it's just, you know, it's hard to take. Right. Well, that's the thing. So he has that whole strain. Then now with this, how he's, you know, I'm immunized. Just don't forget. They said, are you vaccinated? He said, yes, I've been immunized. Then immediately after he said he wouldn't judge players who were not vaccinated. That gives the impression that you are vaccinated, right? Because you're saying I'm not going to judge those guys when in fact you are one of those guys, Aaron Rodgers. So there's a lot of strain that he has put on himself in the locker room. And the weird thing is, uh, RJ, last week it was kind of like everybody's out except Aaron Rodgers against the Cardinals. Now it's like everybody's back except Aaron Rodgers against the Chiefs. You know what I thought about, honestly, with with his, you know, flirting with the truth here. Um, I'm an only child, so I don't have a sibling. So I, I never I didn't do this like on the reg. But, you know, the the like, you know, child game, uh, by the way, uh, stats a few weeks ago, it a lot of people believed or I don't I don't I mean, people thought it was called punch buggy. Super wrong. It's called slug book. I think no. that was where the majority of votes landed no, when, when we had that discourse on Twitter. But um, it's the childhood game. I'm not touching you like that's what Aaron Rodgers did here. You know what I mean? Like the, the, the finger in your face, like I'm not touching you. You know, like he's being super literal with this. And man, I just like, you know, we all said it. And Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever live. Like that is undeniable. But to your point, he put an enormous amount of pressure on himself. And however fair or unfair it is, it is a year-to-year thing. People measure legacies and, and evaluations on people by how they performed this year compared to last year. And so it was impossible. It was impossible for him to outdo last season, right? Like we said that at the time, there was no way he could come in and have a better season than he did last year. And that was why, I mean, him him kind of being as arrogant as he was in the offseason was a little bit risky because there was no way he could simply outperform himself. And so to now come in here like this, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I don't know how you how you take it. You know, I was I was browsing the Green Bay Packers subreddit and there's a lot of Packers fans who are bothered. And I get it. I mean, I, I get it again. Ethically, it's a whole different situation from a football standpoint alone. You we all have heard the takes killing cousins and Wentz and Lamar and Cam and on and on and on. But at the very least, stats, all of those players had the conviction to be yep. public with their beliefs. I mean, Aaron Rodgers hid behind the coyness of this all. And he just he thinks he's so smart and that he's playing 3D chess and no one can see what he's doing. And it's like, you know what, Aaron, you're not that smart. You're just not as smart as you think you are. You're not as subtle as you think you are. And God help you. You're lucky you're a great quarterback, because if he wasn't, there is nothing likable about Aaron Rodgers right down to his damn haircut. Now, let's look at this game, RJ. This is a game the Kansas City Chiefs need to win. It's a game with no Aaron Rodgers that they absolutely should win, but they do the exact two things that you do that get you beat by worse teams. They turn the ball over. They have 19 turnovers now, and they commit penalties. They had 12 
penalties last week. You do those two things and you can lose to anybody. I don't feel this way often, but I felt like the New York Giants should have won their football game this past week, right? And I know this isn't a discussion <laughs> about that game, uh, but they should have. Like a, a more competent head coach wins that game. And so you mentioned 12 penalties. Uh, I actually wrote something recently at blogontheboys.com examining the Cowboys here, um, and we took a look back since the merger, how many penalties per game playoff teams average. What would you guess it is? Five. It's six, so not a bad job by you. Cowboys are currently averaging 8.2, so that's, you know, our our whole point was, like, they got to cut it out. They got to dial it back, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Cowboys are picking up right now a little about 70 yards a game when it comes to penalties. Playoff teams, again, since 1970, average about 52. So, you know, you're talking about the Chiefs, sir, and, and the yardage is a little bit fluky because sometimes you get, like, a PI penalty that inflates it, whatever, but sometimes you have that one offsides penalty that, that breathes life into a drive that was dead, and that's just where, you know, the, the Chiefs are – you know, I, I think we all thought, maybe not we all, but it, it was certainly conceivable that there would be regression, that, that the, the the crazy, you know, Mahomes, Tyreek, trick play, not trick play, but big plays wouldn't happen at the frequency that they did. And that's one thing, but they have like, they have so far regressed that they're now abnormal in the other direction and that they're, they're just like, they're boring. I mean, they're boring. They, <laughs> they, they, they lack anything and they're undisciplined. I, I don't know how this happened. I mean, I don't know if they, they just kind of, you know, I think that Patrick Mahomes has, has only been excellent so far in his career that the idea of, or not the idea, but it's, it's difficult to play through not excellent football because he's never had to. I mean, you know, in a, in a way I feel badly for him because this is all foreign to him, but you know, he, he started, you know, I, I think people love to love to say like, Oh, that person was born on third base. I'm not saying that about Mahomes, but he's kind of like, what's first base. Like, I like you have to, you have to run two more times to get here. You know what I mean? This is weird. Like, I'm, you know, like, cause this is a whole different game to me. And I think that's just where they're at. I do think they'll win. I don't know if they'll cover Like The Jordan love factor is so unique here. A couple of things about Mahomes. Um, there was two aspects that I wanted to get to. The first was something that Peyton Manning pointed out in the Manning cast last week. There was a play on the sideline in the third quarter where Mahomes rolls out and he runs out of bounds and he's sign- he kind of starts like yep. hopping and jumping out of bounds. And Peyton Manning is looking at him and he said something like, hey, do you think Mahomes is injured? Don't forget, he had offseason surgery on his big toe and he was kind of limping after that. And I thought it was an, a fair point by Peyton Manning. It's an interesting you know, thing to think about because it would explain maybe some of the struggles that we've seen from Patrick Mahomes. And the other was something that Dan Orlovsky said, I think, with the Rich Eisen. And he said that Patrick Mahomes is the most mechanically unsound quarterback in the NFL. And he always kind of has been. He's just phenomenal at the throws that he is able to make. But maybe it's possible, RJ, that when you, you know, you are a little banged up and you are a guy whose mechanics are not great, that, you know, those things kind of compound on one another. And that can lead to some of the inaccuracy, some of the interceptions and some of the problems that we're seeing right now. Yeah, to me, it kind of feels like um, did you ever play Nintendo 64 as a kid. No. Mm, wow. Uh, but you know what a Nintendo 64 is, you know, the controller, you know, whatever. Um, I remember I had a friend who would play with the controller upside down, like compared to us. You know Interesting. what I'm saying? Yep. And, I've heard and, of that. And, you know, we would all, we were all like, that's so weird. You know, when we were like 12 or whatever. And it, it's almost like if that kid entered like a, a, like Nintendo 64 tournament, they're like, you have to use it right set up. He's like, what, what, you know, like I've never done it this way. Like I'm really good using it my way. And that's like Patrick Mahomes is now like, 
adjusting to like, I don't want to say the like convention of playing quarterback in the NFL, but you know, it also kind of reminds me, you know, uh, like I love to play golf, talk about it all the time. Like I have a wicked slice off the tee. And so like I adjust for that, right? Like I aim left and there is always a couple of holes every round where the drive is perfectly straight. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, like, and, and that's, you know, cause like you, you reach one hole and you're like, Oh, this bends to the the right. You know what I mean? So I'm just going to aim straight and let my, let my slice really take over here. And it just like, it's exacerbated there. And it, it just, it kind of feels like the calibration is off in every sense there because Mahomes has again, only lived in the perfect world that now he's having to deal with these new foreign things to him. Yeah. And with turnovers, like you talked about whether or not they'll cover the spread with turnovers, like that's the great equalizer because you don't score. You give the ball to the other team where those turnovers take place, how big the shift in field position. All those things are huge when it comes to the spread. I can't pick Jordan Love in this game. Like I, I'm going to take Kansas City. Uh, I will take them to cover. And I you know maybe that's me just refusing to accept what I have seen so far this season. But. I mean, we have no idea what Jordan Love is going to be. I don't even know if Aaron Rodgers is going to be rooting for Jordan Love, frankly. I think he might be rooting against him, quite honestly. I really do think there's a legitimate chance of that. Uh, yeah. But I will take Green Bay in the uh, – excuse me, I will take Kansas City in the points. I will too. Uh, this is a long-term look ahead, but again, name of the show. Does this loss that we both think is happening cost the Packers the one seed? I think it does. I think, like you said, it it literally can come down to one inch, one play, one game, and it, this could absolutely cost them, and I think it will because, like you have pointed out many times, the Cowboys' schedule does not exactly get difficult down the stretch. And well, they I don't even want... think it's just the Cowboys, to be fair. Like, the Rams are involved, the Cardinals, too. I mean, yeah, I we'll get I, I... to the Rams in a little bit. <laughs> Don't worry about that. The Bucs. Give the Bucs some love. Yeah, give the Bucs some love. They can't even beat the Saints with their third-string quarterback. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we've got two more deep dives to get to and our lightning round. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. This is The Look Ahead here on the SB Nation NFL Show. We are finishing up our deep dive into the best games of Week 9 before we get into our lightning round. Next up, Arizona traveling to San Francisco. The 49ers are getting one and a half points. And RJ, the big question in this game, is Kyler Murray going to play? Is DeAndre Hopkins going to play? Because obviously that changes things drastically. And this game was Cardinals were favored by four and a half at one point. It got to a pick em, and now it's 49ers getting one and a half. What do you infer from that data about the future of Kyler Murray? Well, um, I 
as always, we'll refer to the Dallas Cowboys. Last week, a similar phenomenon happened. The Cowboys opened up, uh, you know, according to our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, as favorites over the Minnesota Vikings. And throughout the week, that line adjusted and finally got to the point kind of like this, where the Vikings were favored. And many people read into it the way you are and said, well, you know, because last week the, the question was, will Dak Prescott play, et cetera, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And everybody said, they, Vegas knows. Like, right, like that's, that's what people always say when it comes to stuff like this. They know, they know, they know. And I, you know, wrongly thought, you know what, this is just them adjusting. The money's all moving one direction. They're trying to whatever. Um, and lo and behold, Dak Prescott didn't play. And so I'm inclined to believe that a similar sort of thing and in fact, the same thing is happening here. I infer that Kyler Murray is not going to play based on my experience last week with the Cowboys. Do you agree that that is, are you willing to say that's what's going to happen? I don't know. They let Kyler speak to the media on Wednesday. They usually don't let guys speak that aren't going to play. Kingsbury said he can play Kyler even if he doesn't practice. And Kyler said his ankle hasn't really swelled and the extra rest from playing on Thursday has helped. But even if he plays, RJ, he's going to be limited. And you can say what you want, but the 49ers did a good job against Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray earlier this season. And that was a much healthier Kyler Murray. So even if he plays, he's not going to be himself. And if he can't run around and move as much as we're used to seeing, how much does that limit his effectiveness? A lot. But, I mean, stats, like... I don't think the Niners are the team to capitalize on that. Like, I hate to say it for you, and and you were wrong. 49ers won last week. I said they would. So, you know, shout out to me, opposite of shout out to you. Um, but, <laughs> I, like, I I just, I don't, again, it's it's very similar to me as the Cowboys game last week. The, the 49ers are the Vikings here. They're they're not a team that's capable of taking advantage of that. I don't see how they they are. I don't, I don't see it. I mean, it's, this is a tough situation. Believe me, I don't want to see the 49ers succeed. Love you, but like only wish you football <laughs> misery. Um, but fair. it's it's frustrating. Like like the 49ers are such a frustrating team to watch. They they make me like football less. And so I I don't I don't think they have it in them to take advantage of of a, a weakened Cardinals team, even without Kyler Murray. Like I, I hate to say this because I know this will irk you, and I but I think you believe it on some level. I trust Cliff Kingsbury to outcoach Kyle Shanahan at this point. I would have killed you if you said that at the beginning of the year, but Shanahan has been outcoached several times this year. And I know some 49er fans are thinking that everything is right in the world because they scored 33 points on the Bears. But first of all, it was the Bears. And second of all, don't forget, in the third quarter, the Niners offense is struggling. They don't have a touchdown. It's third and 19, and Jimmy Garoppolo throws a screen pass to Debo Samuel, which he then takes 84 yards down to the one-yard line. But, like, think about if they don't get that first down. You know, then where are the 49ers offense? Then everything that we've been saying this whole time is still applicable. You know, there were reports that that Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Shanahan were in a heated argument on the sideline. And supposedly, according to one 49ers beat writer, he heard from a source that Shanahan said to Garoppolo, quote, this is simple. Can you do this? And Trey Lance was warming up at one point on the sideline. Dude, I mean, Trey, all Trey Lance's and I want to see Trey Lance thrive. All Trey Lance is in actuality is a threat. That's all he is for Kyle Shanahan. He, I, I don't personally believe, and I would love to be proven wrong, that Kyle Shanahan has any plan to actually legitimately bench Jimmy Garoppolo. It's it's the constant like, I'll do it. 
You know, like, like I'll turn like, this car yeah, around. I'll, exactly. I'll turn this car around. <laughs> I'll leave right now. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm only going to sit out here in the parking lot for five minutes and then I'm leaving you. You got to walk. You know what I mean? Like that's, but it, it's all empty. It's all fake. It's all, you know, like I never did this when I was a kid, but I would love to see like a movie or something where the kid's like, you're not turning around. Like we've been driving for 200 miles. You know what I mean? Like, dude, so, just wait when your son comes and that he comes of age, you will use a similar line. I promise you those words have come out of my mouth. Well, I mean, that's exciting, I guess. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but like that, he's an empty threat. That's all trail. And I think Jimmy Garoppolo knows that. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think Jimmy's as arrogant as like Aaron Rodgers. But I, I think that that has, you know, it would it would make anybody comfortable because there's there's no repercussions or consequences for his actions, which are being a terrible NFL quarterback. Think about how much a win would change things for the 49ers. Like how much gets better for them with a win. They'd be four and four on the year. They'd be right in the thick of the NFC playoff race. It would tighten up the division a little, which obviously impact, is always impact good. The NFC as a whole, as we mentioned with the Packers. I mean, the Cardinals mm-hmm. are in contention right there. If Jimmy G plays the whole game and they win, that kind of settles the quarterback situation. The Shanahan criticism would die down a little bit more like compared to where they would have been two weeks ago. Like, the 49ers season would look so much better with a win. Arizona is banged up. Even if Arizona wasn't banged up, the 49ers have to win this game, especially with the Rams coming next week. The Niners are only getting one and a half. They have not been good at home in a long, long time. In fact, since Levi Stadium opened, they have one of the worst home records in the league since 2014. I know they played him close last time, but I actually think that they have a better chance to beat the Cardinals with Trey Lance because of his mobility. I know there's no J.J. Watt, but I'm taking the Cardinals and I'm giving the points. I will take Arizona. I I don't believe. I'm sorry. Um, but I actually think that at the end of the season, if the 49ers do win, you will look back on this stretch, you as in you stats and um, like arbitrary 49ers fan, and you will be very frustrated because you will say, man, we beat the Cardinals and we lost to the Colts. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like the margin we talk about, the margin for error is that thin. Believe me, as somebody who has a team that is probably going to host a team in the wild card round, I, I don't think the Cowboys get in the first round by. I mean, I, I that's a negative opinion to a lot of people, but um, I hope the Niners get close because uh, because I, I would love to see the Niners in the wild card round. Right. You're going to be rooting for my Niners this week. All right. Last game for the deep dive. Tennessee goes to L.A. to take on the Rams on Sunday night football. Rams favored by seven and a half. This is a big game. Team with the best record in the AFC versus a team that's tied for the best record in the NFC. No Derrick Henry in this game. Can 36-year-old Adrian Peterson still give Tennessee anything and give them a chance in this game? I don't see why not. Um so I, I think I've quoted this before, Stats. I like to look at time in a weird way sometimes. Oh, um, boy. So that's the third time we're using this analogy on this so, show. Adrian Peterson was drafted 14 years ago, right? That, like, to you and I, that does not feel like his draft, his rookie years, incredible rookie year, does not feel like ancient history compared to right now, right? The same distance of time between now and Adrian Peterson's rookie year is the same distance of time that Adrian Peterson's rookie year was from Drew Bledsoe being the number one overall pick. Think about that. Like at, at the time of Adrian Peterson's rookie year, Drew Bledsoe felt like an old man. You know what I mean? And like, I, I mean, no offense to any 36 year old. I don't Me. think that, that I, don't, <laughs> I don't think that that's old man territory. Um, <laughs> Gee, thanks. I, 
I, dude, I would not be stunned if he goes for 100 yards and two touchdowns. Me either. I mean, That's like the crazy thing. Yeah. It's it. I feel like it's happening. Like I, it's. <laughs> I, I honestly feel like it is. And I, the Rams are, you know, in a nice place right now, which I'm sure is annoying for you. Uh, the Rams are still a little bit of of cowards, as we've learned. A lot, it's not a hot opinion to note that Sean McVay is not exactly great when it comes to fourth down decision making. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the Rams do well. And I hate to be like old school football analysis here. When a team comes in and like punches them in the mouth and that's all the Titans know how to do. They're going to come True. in. They're going to punch you in the mouth and they, they want a street fight. You know what I mean? That's Mike Vrabel's way. And it's a little bit archaic, but it works for them. And I don't think the Rams can play that way. I, I, I really don't. So I would not be stunned if the Tennessee Titans get this big win. This would be a massive. You want I, This is maybe the most impactful win that any team can have in week nine. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Are we sure that the Rams are great? Like, are we 100% sure, RJ? Listen to their wins. The Bears, the Colts, and the Bucks. The Bucks is obviously a good win. They lose to the Cardinals. They beat the Seahawks, but Russ got hurt in that game. They beat the Giants, Lions, and Texans. Like, are we sure? And they the barely Rams- beat the Lions, by the way. Like, Right. Yeah, like, I'm not, I'm not saying that the Rams stink. I'm not saying that at all. But are we sure they're great? Because I don't know that you can look at their schedule and say that for sure. And it gets a lot tougher, right? They play the Titans this week. That's not going to be an easy game. They still have to play the 49ers twice who say what you want about the Niners, but they have dominated the Rams recently. They have to play the Packers, which we don't know Aaron Rodgers situation. But if he's back by then, that's not easy. They play the Vikings and the Ravens. They have another game against the Cardinals. Like, we'll we'll find out a lot about the Rams going forward to this point than we have found out about them to this point. So the Rams currently the fourth team in total DVOA, uh, according to Football Outsiders. They are first in offensive DVOA, ninth in defensive DVOA, 28th in special teams DVOA. Um, it does kind of feel like, I, I don't know, like, I love Von Miller. I was at Texas A&M when Von Miller was responsible for two of the greatest nights in my life. Uh, you know, that that incredible season. Shout out to Ryan Tannehill there too, by the way. Interesting first game for Von Miller as a Ram. Gets to play Ryan Tannehill, um, his guy. Uh, you know, but um, I, I just like the, the Von to LA move doesn't like, it made the headlines, but it doesn't have the like, holy crap, you know, feel to me. Like the Jalen Ramsey trade had a holy crap feel to me. Like, because you're trading for the best corner in the NFL. This doesn't feel like that to me. And I know people are like, well, he's never been on a defensive line with Aaron Donald. But, yeah, well, he was opposite of DeMarcus Ware, though. He had a great yeah. defense in Denver. That's yeah, not, I mean, cut that out. Like, and so I just don't know, like, I don't know that I buy it. I'm not saying it's like the Chiefs signing Josh Gordon or anything. Um, but I I think this was – I. I want to be clear. I love the Rams' disposition to, you know, trade for known quantities, but mm-hmm. they gave up, and I don't want to be like married to draft picks, but they gave up two day two picks for what, at least as far as what is guaranteed, half of a season for a pass rusher on the wrong side of 30. And it just, like, I, I think when, when you, when you have the biggest stack of chips, you start to bet a little bit irresponsibly. You know what I mean? Cause, cause your, your chip stack's bigger than everybody else and, and you can do it. And, I just don't know. I don't know that uh, I'm with you. Like, I don't, I, I don't think they're frauds. I don't think anything. They're a good team. They're an amazing offense. They're an incredibly efficient offense, but they just, I mean, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't have the right taste to me that like other, like the Bucks do. I, I still don't, I know they beat them, but like, I still don't think they're better than the Buccaneers. Make no mistake about it. They made the trade for Von Miller because they needed 
to make the trade for Von Miller. This was not a very good defense at all. I think they recognize that and they know what this season is about. They know this season is about the Super Bowl. So they went out and made a move that they thought they had to make to bolster their team because if they anything less than a championship is a failure for the Rams. So if they had to give up two more draft picks to achieve success, they were going to do it. And I think that's how they looked at it. And I give them credit for doing it too, because who cares that they don't have draft picks? You know what they have? wins and a lot of wins so you can't really criticize them for how they've gone about this in recent years so their upcoming schedule stats you mentioned you know the games they've played they've got the titans we're about to get a lot of rams by the way and i don't know why the nfl does this they continually schedule teams on back-to-back primetime games you always get a team on sunday night football and then yeah and then the very next week on monday night football so that's what we got with the rams got them on sunday night football this week against the titans monday night football next week against your san francisco 49ers then on the bye then they're at Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers conceivably will be well back by then. Then they host the Jacksonville Jaguars. Not exactly difficult. Then Monday night football <laughs> again on the road at Arizona. Then they've got the Seahawks at the Vikings. And this this game's interesting to me. Their penultimate game of the regular season on the road at Baltimore. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just don't know. I think I don't I don't buy into like conspiracy theories or anything like this, but like I do think there's like a want from the NFL on some level for this team to be good. It's the L.A. team. It's the hot young coach. It's the team like people forget the Chargers also play at SoFi Stadium like that. That's their home building. Like (laughs) it's it's like this is the the team whose home is where the Super Bowl is. Yeah, it's the team that traded for Matthew Stafford. Like, you know, like I I don't know. It just it doesn't feel like it's going to be that way for me, but it's just me. So I I think I'm going to take the Rams to win the game outright, but I think I'll take the points and Tennessee to cover. I'm going all in Tennessee. Let's do it straight up. Yeah. Tennessee. Wow. Let's party. Ryan Tannehill will have his moment. Oh, I hope so. He's on my fantasy team. I know nobody cares, but I'm being selfish there. All right. At A&M, by the way, every, every girl. Loved Ryan Tannehill, every single one. Um, and he was referred to on campus as Tannehill, the Manahill. So, you know, you've mentioned that several times on the it's show. It's important because it's a good nickname. So that's why right. I want to mention it again. Uh huh. And it, you mean because he went to AM, the best school in the world. That's right. Whoop. Yeah. Okay. It's week nine. We finished our deep dives. You know what it's time for, RJ. That's pretty good. You know, the hell was that? I don't know. I I started it and then I was like, I'm sort of deep into this. Like stats hasn't interrupted <laughs> me yet. Um, so hey, uh, while we're here and we're doing controversial things, I just wanted to tell you. I told you before the show, I had a controversial take for you. I started listening to Christmas music. I don't care if anybody likes what? it or not. Makes me happy. No, it's, it's no. I'm fine with it. I'm I have no issues. So sorry. That is so ridiculous. That is mm. no, dude. You're skipping a major holiday and Thanksgiving. No, I'm not. It's not I'm like so, I'm gonna have Thanksgiving dinner, Arbor Day. You can't so, just skip over it. I'm gonna have Thanksgiving dinner, participate in Thanksgiving festivities and features and whatnot. And by the way, Thanksgiving is a little bit different in my life, just because the Cowboys play on it every year. So it doesn't have the same feel to me as it does to all of my colleagues here at Destination. That's ridiculous. I'm ashamed to be your co-host. All right, let's kick off the Week Nine Lightning Round. Your Dallas Cowboys. They are hosting the Denver Broncos. Dallas is favored by nine. Dak should be back for this game, right? 
That game started as a seven-point favorite line for the Dallas Cowboys. It has since grown to nine points, which is very interesting. It does certainly suggest that Dak Prescott will be back. I don't think that Tyron Smith is going to play. Still early in the week, we'll totally see. Obviously, no Von Miller for the Broncos. Uh, the Cowboys stats, you hated this because you're lame and don't like cool things. On Sunday, <laughs> we'll be wearing their 1976 Bicentennial helmet red stripe on the opposite side of the white one in the middle. So you got the red, white, and blue for the U. S of a Cowboys by 50 on Sunday. Yeah, I think that the Denver is going to provide little to no resistance. I'll take the Cowboys and give the points. The Jets are going to Indianapolis. Indy is favored by 10 points in this game. This is the first primetime game because this is the Thursday night game. First primetime game in Indianapolis since 2017, RJ. Are you a believer in Mike White and the Jets? I am. I am a very big believer in Mike White and the Jets, um, only because they're playing the Indianapolis Colts. Dude, <laughs> so far out on the Colts. I mean, like beyond out. So just unbelievably, ridiculously far out. Uh, all the way out on Carson Wentz. I'm sad. I love Frank Reich, the person. I'm so sad to be out on him as a head coach. But Indianapolis is in so much need of a reset, I think. like The, the vibes are awful when it comes to the Colts. I it is offensive to me as a person who has a brain that the Colts are double digit point favorites against the Jets. Let's get it stats. By the way, weird take here. I think Indianapolis is a great game to be on when it's cold outside. Like there's just something about that that stadium and the the, the feel of the grass and the turf that just it it feels like a winter fall sort of game. The coldest I ever was in my life is in the city of Indianapolis at the Combine a few years mm. ago. I have, It was bone-chilling cold. The, the line is the coldest winter of my life. It's a summer I spent in San Francisco. You should know that. Houston goes to <laughs> Miami. The Dolphins are favored by six and a half. Now that there is no Deshaun Watson trade, RJ, I cannot think of a less interesting game that we will see in the NFL all year than the Houston Texans and the Miami Dolphins. I agree with you. Um, I feel so badly for Tua Tungavailoa and how the Dolphins have treated him so far. Um, I think the Texans win, dude. I, I mean, like, the Texans are <laughs> awful, but they are somehow, and I understand what's going on here in the context, they are somehow less dysfunctional than the Dolphins, like the organization, you know, like it, it feels like the Jack Easterby stuff has kind of subsided and chilled a little bit. Um, like now this is just the Deshaun Watson element here. I will take the Texans. I don't feel great about this, but I just, man, the Dolphins stink. Yeah. And Houston's getting six and a half points. And I just, I agree. And if Miami loses this one, like forget all the good vibes that they have built up. If they're not gone now, they will be after this game. Atlanta goes to New Orleans. The Saints are giving six points. And every time I think New Orleans is not going to win, they still continue to do it, RJ. I think Taysom Hill is going to be a quarterback for New Orleans now that uh, Jameis is out. But I think Taysom's coming back from the concussion. What do you like? This is the best game for the Saints to get in, in terms of this this first one, you know, this opportunity to to kind of re, you know, integrate Taysom Hill into the lineup and whatnot. Um, and it's the best because it's the team they hate the most. It's the Atlanta. You know what I mean? Like this is this is your chance to really channel all of the the energy that you need, kind of get up for whatever and build yourself some pause and momentum for the second half of the season. Saints roll. Dude, the Falcons are like the Falcons lost to the Panthers. I mean, like, come on. It's just and, and chance for them to go over 500, and they lost against the Panthers, too. 
Yeah, and then like you know, and I'm not like knocking them for this, but all the Falcons that are celebrating the Braves winning the World Series, it's like, dude, you your team is trash. You know, like your uniforms stink. <laughs> like it's just this is not cool, man. You know, Saints win with authority, and it is going to piss you off because I I'll go one step farther. I think Taysom Hill wins NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Like he he just Ooh. has like he goes off, and it is going to people are going to be like Sean Payton is a genius. Look at him and how he just you know he works from Jameis to Taysom. He is the greatest offensive mind of our generation he's a thousand times better than Kyle Shanahan he doesn't get enough credit for how good of an offensive coach he is I think the Saints are going to win this game also you know Sean Payton has definitely had he deserves credit but he's also had a very easy line to sell to his team all year like nobody believes in us us against the world he's pretty much been able to sell it every single week and you know what if he is good for him because it's working uh, I'll take the Saints and give the points. Las Vegas goes to New York or Jersey to play the Giants. The Giants are getting three points in this game. You know, the Raiders did a great job dealing with the whole John Gruden thing. Obviously, now they have a whole nother circumstances to overcome and deal with with the Henry Ruggs thing. Uh, you know, completely different. Uh, but once again, adversity is following the Raiders and they're going to have to overcome it once again. I really admire Derek Carr and the level of empathy that he has shown uh, for John Gruden and Henry Ruggs, contextually speaking, of course, I, I admire that he's, you know, he wants to look out for people he's been close to and, and worked with, obviously, um, again, in the context of the of the the tragedy that has happened here. Um, and I, you know, I don't know a lot of people that, that think that way. I mean, Derek Carr is, seems like a great person. I know we've all said some things about him as, a, as an NFL quarterback, but he's also, it's, it's so hard to talk about. Um, the football of this all. He's been playing really well this year. And, and to your point, I mean, the Raiders are undefeated since John Gruden resigned. Um, again, I, you know, it's, it's hard to measure like how easy or difficult a football game is. But, you know, I don't know of a softer game to play than the New York football giants. And so um, I think the Raiders win. I, I really do. I, 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 it's, it's, I don't know what the Raiders are going to look like, but I know that the Giants are going to be awful. Joe Judge, uh, on the subject of Christmas music stats, by the way, um, one of the better Christmas albums is Michael Bublé's. I realized this. I tweeted it at Justice. I think that Joe Judge kind of looks like Michael Bublé. I, <laughs> I just like how Joe Judge was like, we've been having headset problems all year, and the NFL oh. immediately came out and smacked him down and said, we've found absolutely no issues with the Bose headsets. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, dude, like, that tells you how things are going in New York. They are such losers, dude. Like, they yep. are big time losers and they are going to be big time losers as long as they think and operate that way. They obviously have their own COVID issues going on. It's just, I, I can't imagine any scenario picking the giants to win. I really can't. And uh, you know, Ed Valentine, uh, great, obviously writer here at SB nation covers the New York giants had a great ride up in the aftermath of Monday night's game. And, and at the end, he just kind of said, you know, I don't know of anything to feel good about when it comes to this team. And, and for Ed to say that, I mean, man, it's, you know, I don't know if you know this stats or if you saw my tweet, but in each of the last five seasons through eight games, the halfway point previously, the Giants have failed to reach three wins. They have had two or fewer wins in each of the last five years through the first half of the season. New England goes to Carolina. The Panthers are getting three and a half points. Sam Darnold is banged up. He was listed as limited on Wednesday. Maybe Christian McCaffrey's coming back. I don't think it matters one way or the other because even if Darnold starts, I think Belichick is going to eat his lunch. I think Bill's got his mojo back a little bit. Mac Jones, I think, is coming along nicely. Look out for the Patriots. Dude, look out for the Patriots. And 
I guarantee you there will be like an epic moment where Stefan Gilmore gets beat and everyone will be all Bill knew Bill knew that's why they <laughs> traded him. I will take the Patriots. I, this might be the most dominating win of the week for me. Hmm. I can see that Buffalo goes to Jacksonville. The Jags are getting 14 and a half points. The bills should crush them RJ, but I thought they should have crushed Miami last week and they didn't. Yeah, but you also would have thought that the Jags would have been competitive last week against the Geno Smith-led Seahawks coming off their bye and their first win of the season. Fair. And lo and behold, they are the Jaguars. And so while I agree with you on Buffalo, it would have been nice to have seen a more convincing win last week. I I just trust them. And, dude, you mentioned the Manning cast. I loved Josh Allen on there. Like, he is such a likable guy. The story about Peyton Manning's son and, you know, everything. He just – I don't know. I just – he has my trust. So, Josh Allen, go ahead. Do this thing. Do you believe in the Manning cast curse? Every active player that has appeared on the Manning cast has lost the following week. I believe that if anyone could defy it, it's Josh Allen. Yeah, especially against the Jags. Minnesota goes to Baltimore. The Ravens are coming off their bye. They are giving six and a half points. I was kind of higher on the Vikings than I think a lot of people were, and they really let me down last week. You cannot lose to Cooper Rush. You just cannot do it. I will take the Ravens in this one. I don't care what the spread is. I think Baltimore is going to carve them up. So not to pat myself on the back because it's something I really hate doing, but um, yeah, I said that Mike Zimmer might be the first head coach fired in the middle of the season. And obviously John Gruden resigned, but if we're talking about coaches fired for performance reasons, I think that is very much in play. I mean, Mike Zimmer, how do you lose this game? Mike Zimmer, like stats last week, Mike McCarthy refused to, you know, acknowledge one way or the other whether Dak Prescott would play because in his super old school coaching way believes that that is some sort of advantage that you, that every team's got to prepare for a, a number of scenarios which is dumb I, I think that that's silly but it worked against Mike Zimmer I mean Mike Zimmer <laughs> Mike said it's just as old school if not older yeah he said you know Xavier Woods former Cowboys said we prepared for Dak all week we only watched a couple of clips not that there's much to watch on Cooper Rush but like how how did you do that you know because Mike McCarthy said you know what I mean like that's so silly to me I I can't believe that nope that he's not catching more heat for the timeout fiasco at the end of the game he did not know the rules he tried <laughs> to call two and what's more stats and I said this on the mixtape with BLG Shio Kapadia wrote about this the, and they they talked about it on the broadcast the official is like their job is to ignore a head coach calling a second time out in a row or in a row. Excuse me. That is so stupid to me. Like, uh, and, and Chris Collins or not Chris Collinsworth. Uh, they said it on the broadcast. They, if an official hears a head coach trying to call a second time out in a row, like Mike McCarthy, or excuse me, like Mike Zimmer did goodness that they are taught to ignore it because they're not allowed to do that. And that if they accidentally grant the timeout, like the officials did to Mike Zimmer, because that's not allowed. It's a second time out in a row. You have to penalize them five yards for a delay of game, which is what happened in that particular game. Cowboys picked up that important third down conversion. That is so stupid to me. Why would officials be looking out for coaches that way? If, if, an, if a coach breaks a rule, doesn't know a rule, he should be penalized. There should be no leniency there. I'm going to make up an example, but like has Matt LaFleur, you know, tried to call a second time out at some point this, this season or last week or whatever, and an official ignored him and it didn't happen. Like, I hate that a, a an actual infraction would be, would have different results. You know what I'm saying? And like, that's literally what happens. Some officials 
quote unquote, do a better job by ignoring coaches when they ask for a second timeout in a row. Whereas this official technically was incorrect by granting a timeout and therefore had to then like that's such a stupid line of thought to me. But to get back to the point, the Vikings stink. They suck. They're (laughs) awful. They're boring. Baltimore's back from their bye. John Harbaugh's an elite coach. He's about to drag this team. I completely agree with you. In the last game, we're going to look at the Chargers go to the city of brotherly love. The Eagles are getting two and a half points. I have been as high on the Chargers as anybody, but I can only excuse their losses for so long. Like if they're going to be that team that I think takes this giant leap forward, like you got to start winning these teams to actually winning these games to actually become that team. They better stomp the Eagles this week. So I have picked the Eagles to win this game. Um, because sometimes stats, sometimes football is funny and likes to give us narratives and likes to kind of give us the most unbelievable answer to a certain storyline or plot or whatever. And BLG wrote about this at Bleeding Green Nation a few weeks ago. Brandon Staley canceled his interview with the Philadelphia Eagles in the offseason because he was taking the Chargers job. Didn't even want to meet with them. Allegedly, Howie Roseman was a reason for that. And so, like, how fitting would it be in the NFLness of it all for that coach, the one that Eagles fans are like, this guy didn't even want to meet with us, whatever, to show up in all his, like, you know, elevated glory and just lose and fall flat. I think that's happening. That would be sweet, sweet revenge for the Philadelphia Eagles. And Justin Herbert, like, come on, man. That's Pick a, it dude, up. Like, yeah. You, you want to be MVP? I, I, I don't, you know, like, you want to be that guy? Like, people are putting you in, in the same breath as Patrick Mahomes his first couple of years in the NFL. Like, you can't, you can't lose like that. You can't. You had big challenges with the Ravens and playing against Bill Belichick, a guy that whooped you last year, and you failed in both of those. You scored six points against the Ravens. You scored 24 against the Patriots, which is obviously better, but you still threw two interceptions, including a pick six in a key spot. That Patriots game coming off your bye, by the way. Like, you had two weeks to prepare for that and just fell flat. So let's see you get back to what we think you are. Eagles and Vikings coming up next on your schedule. It's a nice chance for the Chargers to get right, but you got to actually do it. Uh, I will take the Chargers in this one. My faith is not totally eroded just yet. One last thing on this. I knew the Chargers were going to lose last week. Again, not to pat myself on the back. Because stats, they wore their Navy uniforms, which I don't mind. Oh, totally fine. Those. Again, totally fine with this. But all the coaches and like accompanying gear on the sideline was still the powder blue. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, that's and so, no good. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you're going to wear that, you know, like if, you're gonna, if your players are going to wear that, the coaches like, you know, half zips or polos or whatever, got to be the Navy blue. Like it has, it has to be like a total, like in all the stuff. And I, I realize I'm asking for a lot here, but this is your decision. They're not all on the, the same all, page. That's what I'm saying. Like all the stadium stuff, your logos, everything, the end zones, it's all got to be Navy. You got to commit. You can't yep. be this like half-ass Navy, half-ass powder blue. Like that was bad vibes from the Chargers. I agree. You, you got to get on board. They weren't and they lost and you know i think that's a pretty telling reason why all right that's going to do it for this edition of the sb nation nfl show brought to you by DraftKings sportsbook again if you haven't done so please rate review subscribe if you have listened to us for this long there is obviously something that you liked so please tell us what that is leave your review we will read it on the show rj you have an incredible week sir it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas stats. Oh, Same to you. God, please chime in on Twitter. I'm at stats on fire. He's at RJ Ochoa. Tell RJ how crazy he is for starting the Christmas carols and the holiday music. Now, I don't even know if I could do a show with you next week. What does it even mean when sleigh bells ring ting tingle? 
That's, I've always wondered. Goodbye.